Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Words, Images, and Worlds. Today, I'm talking with an author who writes both adult and middle grades fiction, and I, I think it's safe to say there are so many worlds wrapped into this author's work. I'm talking with Eden Royce today. Eden, welcome to the episode. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. It, it is absolutely my pleasure to have you. And may I call you Eden? Is that okay? Please do. Absolutely. All right. Great. I, I discovered your books, I want to say maybe through NetGalley or something, uh, about a year ago, I believe. And I discovered mm -hmm. the first one, Root Magic, uh, or I should say the first middle grades book that I'm aware of. That, is that the first one you've done? It's middle that is grades? the first one. That's my debut. Yes. I thought so. Thought so. And I know you've written some other um, things as well. And you have a, a second middle grades coming soon that we definitely need to talk about. I also want to say thank you for talking with me on a busy day. You've already done an author reading today. You were part mm -hmm. of a symposium this morning. I, I was checking out your activities on social media. So thank you for uh, also talking with me on what I'm sure is a, is a busy, busy day. My pleasure. I always like to ask, uh, because I'm a teacher, what are the things that linked you to storytelling, to literacy? And I know from talking with you just a little bit, you also have some some teachers in the family. So any pieces of that story that you'd like to share before we talk about the books? Well, absolutely. I am from a storytelling culture. So that's always been a part of my world. Um, Family-wise, I used to love to just sit in the corner when my family, extended family, was over to visit, and they would reminisce and share stories and just have a great time. And I always enjoyed being around that energy and just sort of soaking up these stories that, uh, some of which got told because people forgot that I was a kid sort of sitting there in the corner listening. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just a way that, you know, people in my family have always conveyed information, just wrapped up in a story, even if it is uh, sort of a cautionary tale or you're trying to convey some difficult information. It was always a way of getting it across in a method that would linger a little bit longer than just dry instruction. And I have several family members who were educators. Um, my mom taught school for 30 plus years. Um, my aunts, cousins, so many people in the family were educators. And it just became a part of my growing up as well. So as much as I loved books and started reading from a young age, I was really a part of my mother's school planning, I would go with her on teacher work days and help set up bulletin boards. I can't tell you the number of letters that I cut out from construction paper and things of that nature, borders and stapling those up. So it was really sort of a, just a part of my uh, youth as well as um, trying to incorporate that into my middle grade writing. Love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm married to a teacher and so I'm just uh, I'm smiling as you're talking about that because teaching, it's really a family endeavor. And I, I don't even know how many times we've gotten a classroom ready, 
you know, sort of traded that back and forth. It's just it's mm-hmm. part of the magic, part of the family magic. Absolutely. So speaking of magic, that seems like a, a nice word to transition on to talk about root magic. And uh, it's a beautiful book. I'll, I'll say that lots of elements that are woven in. There's a historical aspect of it. It's written for young people, although older people could enjoy it as well. So you have some lovely central young characters, and um, they also operate in this world of kind of cultural storytelling. Uh, It's captivating. There are supernatural elements, so there's just a lot going on. And I would highly recommend it for anybody that's listening, especially I, I taught eighth grade for eight years. And it's always nice to bring in a variety of books. I know that sometimes there are those titles that we go back to over and over again, but this is a newer, more contemporary title that is definitely worth checking out. So anything about Root Magic as far as what inspired it and and any other parts of the sort of the teaser for the book that I didn't mention? Oh, uh, well, thank you so much. I'm just delighted to hear that about Root Magic and I know that people use this term uh, a great deal, but it really is uh, the book of my heart, I think is the the term that people use. It's a story that um, I wanted to probably read when I was very young. I read widely, I read early, I read everything that I could get my hands on, but so few of the books that I picked up were set in the part of the world that I was from. And I just remember being a young kid and wanting to see that reflected, wanting to see something set in South Carolina. And a lot of the books I read were probably not set in the South. If they were, they were set in Louisiana or Mississippi. And sometimes people think of the South as a monolith, but it is very, very different depending on what part you go to. So while there are some reverberations of Southernness, I didn't see the the Carolinas as I knew them and experienced them in writing. And it's such a powerful thing to see yourself or representation of yourself on the page. And coming from a Gullah Geechee background, um, a culture that's been marginalized a great deal and so many things that were part of our history and our culture and traditions have been repurposed and deemed as quote-unquote just generally southern and I wanted to write something that felt deep and close to my personal experience. I didn't really do research for it but I did uh, ask my mom if I could interview her Um, She worked on Guatemala Island during the time that Root Magic is set. Um, My grandfather is from one of the barrier islands, uh, one of the sea islands off the coast of South Carolina. And it just felt like a, I don't know, just almost like a family project. One of those things that you do to sort of understand your own culture and history more. And I thought with writing it, Early on in the process, I was told by one of the people involved in publication that, ooh, we really don't do dialect in books, especially not for middle grade. And 
I was so worried about that because I thought this book doesn't work without it. Yeah. And thankfully, my editor um, went away from that conversation and educated himself on several aspects of the book and the themes that I was working with and changed his mind on that and said, sure, I'll, I'll help you edit this book, but we want the language to be what you want it to be. So I'm um, super grateful and super happy and excited about that particular experience when it came to the book. And that, because that was really what I wanted to put on the page. Yeah, that, that's powerful to, to get to share a story authentically. And I think you know, readers, no matter how old or young they are, respond well when something is on the page that they that they can learn from, that they can see themselves in. So I love the way your work brings some of those untold stories to the forefront. That's that's a powerful thing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it greatly. Um, so what I, I think we might have talked about some of the themes and ideas that that you're exploring, but anything that you want to add to that piece before I ask what drew you to write for younger audiences? As far as themes, um, honestly, those are things that I only really pick up looking back at the work. I don't really ever think about the themes ahead of time and go, you know, I'd like to write something that explores these particular themes. <laughs> it's only after I write it that I look back and go, oh, this is really exploring themes of family and who gets to be considered family. This is really exploring themes of um, taking tradition through different generations and what do we as people hold on through generations? What are we willing to let go of as time marches forward? Um, what do we make sure that we pass on? What do we want to keep the younger generation from knowing or experiencing that we had to go through. So a lot of those themes are things that I like to explore and especially given um, a middle grade audience, there are sometimes this idea that kids can't grasp really big concepts or really complex concepts. And I'd love to get away from that because I think sometimes as we grow older, we start to believe that kids can't process uh, complicated ideas when they really can. It's just because we as adults have seen more of the world and we have this need or desire to protect kids from certain things, we don't really realize that they're capable of grasping a lot more than sometimes they're given credit for. Yeah, that, as an educator, I completely agree with that. Um, kids aren't often given their due. And uh, I mean, there, there are critical approaches, there are thoughtful approaches that, again, linking back to that idea of being authentic, uh, I think kids respond well to that when there's something about life. And how do you learn about life uh, unless you mm -hmm. get to experience it or learn from other people that have experienced it? Absolutely. I also appreciate what you said a little bit earlier about there not being a monolithic South. Uh, I'm a longtime resident of Appalachia, uh, grew up in West Virginia, lived and taught in Tennessee for 17 years. And I'm actually, I now live in North Carolina. So I, I'm with you on the, the Carolinas there. And 
uh, you know, there's kind of this one story of Appalachia or the South. So I love the perspectives that you bring in. And I just appreciate anyone who adds to the perspectives about that region. Yes, thank you so much for saying that. As a person, um, we chatted a little bit before this uh, podcast recording started, and as a person that really enjoys film also, surely you must see some of those themes of how Southerners are sometimes portrayed oh, absolutely. Uh, on screen, and it's, it's sometimes challenging to watch. Yeah. So I, I definitely want to bring forward that, you know, being a Southern character is not shorthand for this character is uneducated or slow on the uptake or any of that sort of stuff. Completely agree. My dissertation was actually about films in classrooms. Um, so lots there to explore and, and lots for teachers to think about and students to think about as far as what are the assumptions of areas of life that, that maybe there's more to learn about. So the next question is that idea of connecting with younger audiences. You mentioned that you've written for older audiences. What was it about writing for young people that, that drew you in and uh, helped you shape, as you said, at the, the book of your heart? Um, I started writing for adult audiences and it was writing the things that I always wanted to read. So mm -hmm. I started writing as an adult. So I started writing the things that I wanted to see in the world. But when I started writing um, Root Magic, it started off as a short story. And I realized that I had so much more that I wanted to mention and discuss and talk about with the Turner family and the world that they live in and expand it more. And I started originally just writing more short stories, intending to make it a, a collection of short stories. And then as I sort of got through the process, um, I wanted to move away from either self-publishing or small press. And so I thought, well, maybe I could do traditional publishing. And I ended up talking with another author who read some excerpts and she asked me, um, have you written this for adults or have you written this for kids? And honestly, it hadn't crossed my mind. I thought I've just written it, you know, with the intention of showing my culture on the page. Mm -hmm. And once I thought about it, that question that she asked me, I realized, you know, I think that I'd like this to be for younger audiences because I grew up with, um, there being a lot of stereotypes about my culture and responding to those. So I thought writing a book for readers that are younger, maybe this will help them not only understand my culture, but develop an empathy a little bit earlier for people who are not like themselves. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes with readerships, um, we have a tendency to read very similar things um, or read everything that one author writes or uh, read everything on one topic. And we don't always have quite as diverse of a bookshelf as we may want to have or may think about having. Mm -hmm. 
And I thought, I want to write this for younger kids so that younger kids can learn to empathize and sympathize and root for a character that's not like themselves. And that be a completely okay thing. Um, but on the other hand, I also wanted kids that weren't from my background to be able to see themselves as heroes and protagonists on the page, because that's a huge thing. Absolutely. I am all for uh, a bookshelf that is as populated and as wonderful as the world we live in so uh, i also love that aspect of of your work thank you um so the final question and and Mm -hmm. you're welcome to to say anything else about anything that we might have missed as well um you have a book coming out i believe about a month from now conjure island so anything that you'd like to set up for readers about conjure island and any other titles, web spaces, or projects that you'd like to, to mention before we wrap up our conversation? Absolutely. Uh, Conjure, Mag- uh, Conjure Island is uh, due out June 27th. So a little it more than a month from now. A little more than a month. Just slightly <laughs> more than a month from now. Ah, oh, it's coming up quickly, quicker than I thought. And it is um, my second middle grade and when I talked with my agent and my editor, I was asking questions about what should my second book be? And they said, we want it to be different from Root Magic. Um, And I thought, well, how do I make it different without veering away too much from the themes that I like to incorporate? Mm -hmm. Conjure and magic and um, just making sure that kids who Um, are from diverse backgrounds get a chance to guide and lead the story. So I thought one of the big things would be to move from it being historical to it being a contemporary book. Mm. So I thought that's the big thing. And the second thing that I thought, um, Jez and Jay in Root Magic have grown up in this culture. And I thought, what would I do if I took a kid who isn't familiar with all of these things, isn't familiar with Conjure and all of the traditions, um, even though she comes from that culture originally, her mother, grandmother, great-grandmother may have grown up in this culture, but have slowly over the generations separated and moved away and not kept up with things. So how would a kid who ends up getting dropped into this environment for the summer without really sort of wanting to be there, how does she find her way? How does she figure all of this out? So that was the impetus for Conjure Island. Um, It is not really based on my cousins, but I had cousins who lived quote unquote, up north, uh, who would come down to visit for the summer. And they were older than I was. So this was my one chance during the summer to feel sort of like I had more of a leg up on them when they came to visit. So even though they were older, I knew more about the area and where we were going and what we were doing and 
all of these things. So that is sort of the idea that I had in mind with Conjuring Conjure Island. Um, taking a kid who has these roots that they really don't know they have and to her utter chagrin has to deal with being plumped down in the middle of this island at this magical school um, during the summer and doesn't want to be there and how does she sort of come to terms with it all so that's coming out on the 27th of June um, it was recently announced um, probably about a week or so ago that I've sold my third middle grade book which I'm cool. very happy about um, and it's called The Creepening of Dogwood House so it's a haunted house book which delights me to no end because I love a spooky creepy story mm -hmm. um, and it is because uh, so many people uh, with root magic asked me um, to have more uh, of Jay so I thought maybe they you know I'll try having uh, a boy protagonist sort of going through this haunted house so um, I've done that this time and we're I'm still working through edits so I can't say too much about it because a lot of that's gonna change and shift as I work through uh, mm -hmm. the document um, but those are my two big upcoming projects and uh, super looking forward to both of them and um, hopefully more to come on the horizon. Hopefully so. Yeah, uh, it sounds like we have some books to look forward to and hopefully much more to come. I believe you have an author website. Um, I do. I, you can find me at EdenRoyce.com. I'm also on Twitter. Um, not as often as I probably used to be, um, but I'm at Eden Royce on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at Eden Royce Books, where most of my updates on where I am, my appearances, announcements, all that good stuff um, will be on Instagram. My Linktree address is there as well, so I usually will put uh, reviews and nice things people say about my work and where to find new things up on that as well, just for sort of easy clickability. And um, as you mentioned, I have uh, two things that I recorded earlier today. Uh, one was a reading of Conjure Magic, excuse me, Conjure Island. Uh, and the other was this morning, uh, a panel a symposium about using creolized languages and dialect in fiction. And I believe that they are going to have, they recorded one or both of them. So if those are released, I'll certainly uh, share those on my social media as well. I will retweet and, and all those wonderful things. So I'll Thank also so um, link, yeah, absolutely. I'll link those things in the description of this podcast and I'll link to the upcoming book, Conjure Island as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate it greatly. Thank you. Thank you for, again, going uh, for a third round of talking and recording today. I know you're a busy person. <laughs> I greatly appreciate the time that you've spent with me and with listeners. And so I will uh, let you go on that note and hope to interview you and talk with you again sometime. That would be wonderful. I appreciate it.
so much. Oh,